beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. to tell you. And you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Welcome friends to this episode of the 10 things to tell you podcast. I am so glad you're here. Today we're going to talk about 10 things I want you to write down right now. And I just want to give a quick plug to the 10 Things to Tell You Connection Group on Facebook. This is a private group with just 10 Things to Tell You listeners, and they are often the recipients of my crowdsourcing needs. If I do not know what direction to turn, I love to ask in that group. They are so wise, so discerning, and so thoughtful. And for this week's episode... I did not exactly know what I wanted to talk about this week. I had this topic that we're going to talk about prepped and ready. I had sort of a Halloween-themed idea that I could have also gone with. And then I had a personal story that I've sort of been meaning to share, and it felt like the timing might have been right for that. But listen, I will be the first to admit right now, in the chaos of this fall, my intuition is not exactly spot on, okay? I am very susceptible to a lot of voices, a lot of noise, 
stress levels, I feel like really muffle my own intuition. Whereas I know some people where it's the opposite, their stress levels really bring out their intuition with like a mighty roar. But for me, when I'm anxious, when there's too much going on, when I'm not getting enough sleep, when my head is going in a thousand directions, like it has been this fall, my intuition actually gets muffled. And I can't always see with a lot of clarity what the next step is. I can't always read the room. You know what I mean? I don't know if anyone else feels this way. Anyway, I got all discombobulated about what we should talk about this week. And while I have a never-ending list of show topics and prompts and things that I would love to talk about or share on the podcast, you know, timing really matters. And people's mood, it really matters. And the mood right now is, well, it's all over the place. Anyway, I put a poll in the 10 Things to Tell You Connection group explaining the dilemma, giving some detail on the possible episodes, and they voted and came through with no margin of error. It was a complete landslide what today's topic should be, and I was glad because it actually felt right to me too. So here we are. We're going to talk about 10 things I want you to write down right now. This episode is about journaling but it's also not. It is journaling adjacent. And I say that because the reason I want you to write down some things right now is because I believe in the fall of 2020, we are in a historic moment in American history, if not world history. I know not all of the listeners to this show are Americans or currently in America, So I do hope that you will still listen, maybe take some of these prompts and topics and adapt them to your own country, your own home. But I will be honest that a lot of what we're going to talk about today is pretty America-centric because we are in this moment of a global pandemic that is not going away and a vitally important presidential election. So when I say that the topic is journal-adjacent... I mean that you can be a non-journal type of person and still want to answer these prompts because I am asking for a little bit of introspection, but this is also meant to be like record keeping, like historic documents. And I know it seems silly to kind of give it that weight because of course we have incredible authors and journalists and memoirists and documentarians and people who will contribute to the official record of this year. When the books are written about it, when the movies are made, they're already starting to be made, there will be the official on the record versions. But you know, when you think back to big parts of history, when you think back to the world wars, the depression, go even further to the revolution. Of course, we can learn something from all those official documents. That's how we generally learn about them. But wouldn't you be so interested to hear what your own great-grandmother wrote about it, what your own family in their very specific town and community and their religion and their worldview Maybe you still have ties to those things several, several generations back. 
wouldn't you love to hear their account of these world-changing events? to see what their heart said about it, to see what their little corner of the world really felt about it, because it might not be reflected in the official history books. And even if it was, hearing it straight from the mouth of someone that you have ties to, biologically or just emotionally, makes a real difference. And so I want you to think about that when you are answering these questions, that this is not necessarily the type of journaling that is private that you want to burn afterwards. Maybe that's a huge you know, release of your emotions. There's a lots of ways that a person can approach journaling for personal growth and introspection. And these topics are just going to be a little bit more forward-facing. Doesn't mean that you have to post them or share them or anything right now, but you might be writing them in a way that you expect an audience possibly to read them in the future, your children, your children's children, or even just yourself. If you want to return to this in the next election cycle in 10, 15 years, you might want to pick this up and see how your 2020 self viewed what was happening. Because as we all know, as time goes on, we have a tendency to either rewrite history our own personal history. We can even rewrite how we felt about it or what it was really like. Or as other events unfold and play out, it changes our perspective. So capturing how we feel right now can be very useful and very, very interesting. Two other things about the logistics of this, besides the fact that I want you to think about this a little more forward-facing than usual. One is that I talked a ton about journaling way back on episode nine, an episode that is called 10 Ways to Journal. Again, the perspective there is a little bit different than what we're talking about today because it is talking about a lot of personal journaling. But if you just want an idea of how I think about journaling in general, that I do not think it has to be one thing. It is not just Dear Diary in a beautiful book. But there are lots of ways you can journal and lots of ways you can think about journaling. You might want to go back and listen to that episode. Secondly, because these prompts are a little bit different and you are answering them for record keeping versus, you know, a lot of deep heart work, I want you to answer these prompts in a way that makes the most sense for you. So I preach a lot about the power of using a pen on paper, like actual hand to journal, how there's some kind of magic that happens with that. But for this, it might be easier for you to type this into a Word document or whatever. This also might be something that's easier for you to record, either videos or audio recording on your phone, whatever feels comfortable for you. And then also where to put it, if you will. If you type it, I would suggest that you print it and keep it in some kind of a folder or binder or some kind of a thing like that. Don't rely on your computer or just backup or cloud storage. Make sure you also print it and have somewhere that you can put it. If you are handwriting this, You decide if you want it to live in your regular journal, if you are a journaler, or if you want to set aside a special notebook for this type of 
documentation journaling, or however you want to do it. I just want you to think about those things a little bit before we get started. Those are just some logistics, but I think it might make a difference in. And then lastly, to make this point just one more time, while there are some emotions built into some of the prompts I'm going to give you, that's just natural part of this, how we feel, how we see it. I don't want you to think that this is sort of your one shot of capturing this year. We will do a lot more introspective journaling, looking at the year as a whole. When we get to the end of December, I always do that. I have end of the year prompts and thoughts that are more private, that are more typical journal-ish, where we can explore the most tender parts of ourselves and, you know, looking at the whole entire year and that sort of thing. These prompts, I'm going to focus on two primary things that I think will be interesting for record keeping. Two things I really want you to document and write down right now. And that is, they're very obvious, coronavirus, COVID-19, the global pandemic, and the 2020 American presidential election. Those are the two things that we're going to talk about in these prompts when we are looking at this year and the many, many parts of the year that will be studied in the decades to come. And you do not have to write these down as you're listening. I always put the prompts on line in the show notes or on social media, or of course, if you want them all in one place to come straight to you, you can sign up for episode emails so you can have them all in one place. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Sunbasket. Sunbasket makes getting dinner on the table quick and easy, which is exactly what I need right now. You can skip the crowded grocery store and have delicious meals delivered right to your door. All ingredients are organic and clean with an emphasis on fresh produce. There are different recipes to choose from for all kinds of dietary preferences, including paleo, gluten-free, Mediterranean, vegetarian, and more. Everything arrives pre-portioned, so the meal is is just ready to be prepped and cooked. It is so easy. You can enjoy a dinner full of fresh, organic ingredients in as little as 15 minutes. Each week, Sunbasket offers a wide range of meals to choose from, so you can try offerings like steak strip lettuce cups with pickled daikon and carrots, roasted salmon with miso-glazed eggplant, and black bean tostadas diablo with cabbage slaw and guacamole. You can skip a week or double up on your favorites. It is so easy to do, and there are no commitments. Right now, Sunbasket is offering $35 off your order when you go right now to sunbasket.com slash you, Y-O-U, and enter promo code you, Y-O-U, at checkout. That's sunbasket.com slash you, and enter promo code you at checkout for $35 off your order. Sunbasket.com slash you, and enter promo code you. And now back to the show. Here we go. Number one. Let's go back to March. What was COVID like in the beginning for you? It was only six months ago, but I want you to try and think about how you felt about it back then. Because I am a person that journals. I am a person that documents. And already, you know, I feel differently now about a few things than I did in March. So for documentation purposes, I want us to mentally go back to March. I want you to write down what happened, what your feelings were about it. You can do this in sentences. You can do this in bullet points. As long as it makes some 
type of sense to an outside reader, it does not matter how beautiful this looks. This is an informational prompt. What was COVID like in the beginning for you? I think about a few things when I think about the beginning. My husband, Jeff, was supposed to have a movie premiere at South by Southwest, the big film festival in Austin, at the end of February, beginning of March. And we had sort of planned a lot around that weekend. We were going to see Friends. This movie that he'd been working on for a long time was going to premiere. We were very excited about it. And one of the first big signs to me that this was going to be a big deal. We already knew about coronavirus by this time, but it was a first big sign to me when South by Southwest got canceled because that is a huge deal. It is huge for the economy in Austin. It is a huge part of the film community. And so I just remember thinking like, oh, oh, I need to pay attention to what's happening in a different way. And then I remember just a week or two after that, sitting at soccer practice my second graders soccer practice at the time, sitting on blankets with some of the other parents, moms and dads. And I specifically remember a conversation where we were talking about like, you know, how bad is this going to be? Do you think they're going to cancel school? I mean, surely not. And I can see now a little bit that we were in like a lot of denial. We were in the earliest stages of disbelief which makes sense. We have not experienced anything like this ever. It was very hard then to imagine everything we knew about our days changing. But when I think back to March, these are some of the things that stand out to me, a disbelief and shock. And then coupled with as the month went on and school did get canceled and spring break plans got canceled and all of that, this denial turned to real fear Los Angeles in particular shut down pretty hard and pretty early. We had a mask mandate really early. And so I remember going to the store and how eerie LA felt in those early days when we were really confused, when we were very, very scared. And I documented some of this online on Instagram, but I really want to commit it to paper in sort of a longer form way, a way I think you know, that will hold up over time, that will keep. I want you to do this too. I want you to think back to specific conversations. I want you to think back to when it changed for you from being like this thing that was maybe happening far away to this thing that was affecting your day. Of course, everyone is going to view this different. Everyone is going to have a different timeline, maybe based on your region or population or, you know, the culture of wherever you live. But try to remember some of those details, not of every single thing, but just when you think back, like sort of the standout moments from those early days of number one, let's go back to March. What was COVID like in the beginning for you? And then we'll move to number two. How did it change your year? So I've already explained that we had, you know, trips and events canceled right out the gate, but I know that isn't true for everyone. As time moved on, You know, Easter came and went, Mother's Day, Memorial Day, school got out and it became summer. I know so many people who missed really important things, graduations, sporting events, vacations, all of those things. I want you to write it down. Maybe you posted it on Facebook back then and sort of let everyone know that you were sad or let everyone know that it was changing, but I want you to write it down here for document's sake. 
And you don't have to be generous in your take on it. I mean, if you feel like you want to, you can be, but I sometimes I feel like we police our own tone when we're talking about these things in a public facing way on social media, let's say, because we don't want to appear selfish. We don't want to state maybe like how sad we are that this thing got canceled because we understand that, you know, there's a lot of gravity towards the situation and we don't want to appear insensitive or whatever our feelings might be around it. It's not every day that you find a product that you truly love and want to shout about from the rooftops. Well, friends, I have found something that I am genuinely excited to share with you today, and that is Born Shoes. Born Shoes are made with the best top quality leather with functional stitching and flexibility. They are lightweight, but they're also supportive. They are great for all casual occasions, extremely comfortable, and especially good for travel. The brand recently gifted me a pair of the Ithaca style sandals. Of course, they are beautiful. The footbed has extra foam for added comfort and with a slight heel for lift. I am positive that I could walk all over London in this pair of shoes, just like I did in my Born Sandals last summer. Born Shoes offers sandals, flats, boots, and heels in several styles and color choices. Take comfort in Born Shoes. Every season, they make high-quality shoes that feel as good as they look. With artistic touches, unparalleled craftsmanship, and exquisite materials, Born designs shoes to satisfy the demands of every lifestyle. Go to bornshoes.com for a 15% discount plus free ground shipping on all full price shoes when you use my promo code TELL. That's born, B-O-R-N, shoes, S-H-O-E-S, dot com and use promo code TELL, T-E-L-L, for 15% off and free shipping. Available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time. Y'all know that I love to play games on my phone to unwind, and I am always looking for a new one to download. And I recently ran across Two Dots, and I want to tell you about it. Two Dots is a free-to-download, puzzle-based game that involves connecting dots through relaxing puzzles while unlocking levels and collecting prizes along the way. There are different gameplay modes to make the experience unique and exciting with every single puzzle. There are over five thousand distinct puzzles with various power-ups and special dots ready to earn as you move through the levels. The in-app music and visually stimulating interface provide a soothing experience when you just want to relax and unwind. Not only is Two Dots free to download, but it can also be played without internet connection. So playing on the go offline is a breeze. And if you don't want to play alone, you can challenge your friends on Facebook as well as connect with the larger Two Dots community for even more engagement. If you're looking for the perfect game to help you relax but also keep you engaged, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS. In this exercise that we're doing, be honest about how you felt. Your future self wants to read this. Your future ancestors wants to read this as an honest account. So if you say, I was really, really sad that I missed my kid's graduation. This is something I had been looking forward to their entire childhood and it got ripped away from me. Or we had planned a very special vacation that we had saved up for and that was really gonna mean a lot and it was super demoralizing that I had to cancel it. I am angry that I had to cancel it. Or maybe even I didn't wanna cancel it, but the cancellation was forced upon me. Whatever your story is, Prompt number two is, how did it change your year? And I just have a feeling that 
we're all going to have some big feelings around that. And that if we were are honest in how we answer this prompt, there will probably be a lot of emotion behind it. And even as I'm thinking about sort of my own answers, it's not particularly positive. I know it will be for some. I'm not telling you you have to be angry about it. But when I think about how it changed my year, I get upset. And honestly, I try to push down that feeling most of the time. Most of this year, I have tried really hard to have a positive attitude, a positive spin, and that takes a lot of energy. And maybe it's worth it. You know, I I want to put a good light on this for my kids and whatever, but it did change my year. And if I let myself actually feel those feelings, well, it's a lot. And I want you to feel those feelings and I want you to write it down. How did the changes of 2020 change your year? Okay, number three, how do you feel about the coronavirus pandemic six months later? And I mean that on a personal level, like what do your days look like? Because if the first couple of questions are really about mostly the early part of this, one of the things I have been thinking about lately on month six, seven, eight, wherever we are, I have been surprised and not in a way that I like that all things considered, we adapted pretty quickly to things that just a few months ago we would have found unthinkable. I'm talking about masks. I'm talking about remote learning. I'm talking about very little social gatherings, things that we just could not have fathomed when this calendar year started. How do we feel about those things now? Do masks seem less scary now when at the beginning they felt very ominous? Do you feel more or less or the same amount of fear around actually contracting COVID-19? Or maybe you have contracted it and want to write about that. Number three, the prompt is, how do you feel about it six months later? And sort of a sub prompt of that, something I scribbled here that I think is an important part of this is, what do your days look like? So six months, seven months later, what do your days look like now? For us, of course, we are still remote learning, but Jeff has been able to go back to work. We have chosen to see friends a little bit just for our own, you know, mental health and because we love them and and we've been very careful about that, but we didn't see anyone for the first 11, 12 weeks in the spring. And so, you know, that's a, a difference to how we are being in the world a little bit six months later, which is dependent on, you know, what we know of science. It's dependent on the culture of where you live. Los Angeles closes down and opens back up and closes down and opens back up. And also, like I said in the beginning of this prompt, how strange it is that we are able to get used to some things in a relatively short amount of time that we never would have even comprehended before this year. And that's something that rattles around in my brain a little bit. Like, what does that say about human nature? Is that a positive? Is that a negative? Both? I'm not sure, but I'm going to write this down on number three. How do you feel about it six months later? Okay, number four, I want you to write this down. And this might be something else that you have not let yourself put into sentence form. But number four is, what do you think about 2020 America? So this is a little bit of a pivot to... The election cycle, of course, but it's more than that because we have COVID, we have a lot of political upheaval in several different realms. For many of us, the murder of George Floyd and then the subsequent 
protests that came out of that really might have affected how we think about 2020 America. This is a layered answer. And for some people, we don't even let ourselves think about what that answer is. Maybe we don't like to ask questions about something that we love. Maybe we were taught that being anything besides 110% patriotic makes you a bad person. Maybe you've traveled the world a lot and have complicated feelings about America. Maybe you haven't traveled at all and have complicated feelings about America. Maybe you don't have complicated feelings about America. In which case, I don't know how you're going to answer this one. And also, I'm not sure how anyone can be living in America in 2020 and not have a complicated relationship with any of our fellow Americans, any of our leadership. It is a lot. And I hear you if you do not even want to answer this question, if it is painful to answer this question, or it requires you to identify feelings that you haven't yet put a label on or, or you know, made into a sentence, let alone a paragraph. I absolutely understand not wanting to examine this question too closely. But to me, no matter where you fall on the political spectrum, asking a lot of questions is always warranted. Resisting what our leaders say or do does not make any kind of a moral statement at all. You can wrap up whatever you write in this prompt. What do you think about 2020 America? You may wrap it up with a lot of hope. You may wrap it up in despair. But what I want you to do is write it down. And I want you to do it in a way that you can revisit at some future point or that others can see how you felt. And this is a broad question. What do you think about 2020 America? This is broad. You could take this in a lot of different directions that might not be directly tied to the election, although how that is not on the forefront of any of our minds, I don't know. But you might have other considerations, you know, tied to your industry, your job, tied to your immigration status or a loved one's immigration status, tied to race or what you're learning about history or what's happening in your very specific community. I understand that this is a broad question. I understand that this is potentially a sensitive question to let yourself spill out onto the page. But I actually think identifying some of these thoughts, it can be very clarifying, not just for the ancestors we're writing for, but for ourselves. Because when you're writing this one, you can pay attention to what your insides are doing. Are you peaceful? Are you worried? Does it make you nervous to write this down? Are you so proud to write this down? Just pay attention to what your body does when you're answering this one. Number four, what do you think about 2020 America? With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben free. It is also pH balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. 
Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, com and use code U, Y-O-U. It's so unique. It will transition seasons and I just love wearing it. I haven't seen anything else like it out there. To get 20% off your purchase of $75 or more, including sale items, go to modcloth.com and enter promo code TELLYOU at checkout. T-E-L-L-Y-O-U. This promo code cannot be combined with any other offers. That's modcloth, M-O-D-C-L-O-T-H dot com and enter promo code TELLYOU, T-E-L-L-Y-O-U. Again, modcloth.com and enter TELLYOU at checkout to save 20% off your purchase of $75 or more. I think you're going to love the clothes and selection at ModCloth. Okay, number five, still on a bit of a political bent. Number five is, how is this election different for you than it was in 2016. Now here is something I really do want you to explore with yourself and with whoever else might be reading. Whether you're voting exactly the same as you did in 2016, whether you're voting differently, there is a lot to unpack in this question. I remember very specifically what I felt in October of 2016. I would have to dig up my journals to see how much I wrote down about it. I I do journal, so I think I wrote some, but not really with the specificity that I wish I had, that I wish I could return to now. And that's because I was ignorant to some things in 2016. I took quite a few things for granted politically back then, even as I was making a big change in my life. 2016 was a culmination of like a a real transformation that I was making in my belief systems. And so there was sort of a lot of personally painful things going down that summer. And I know I wrote down some of that, which was also tied to the 2016 election. Even still, I feel differently in 2020. Four years later, I've learned a lot politically and about myself. I've let myself change in ways that were only just beginning four years ago. And so I want to write about that part, how this election is different for you. You might not have the same story. It might not be as different for you, but you know, four years is four years, no matter how you slice it. So there is something different about this election for you than it was four years ago. You might not want to write about the candidates. This might be where you write about divisiveness in your family. This might be where you write about things that you have learned or positions that you have decided to take. That is up to you. But because I think, this is not an original thought, but because I do think that this is such a historic election, that the stakes are so high, there is more on the ballot than just two men I am already wishing that I had written more back in 2016, and I am definitely going to make an effort to write it down in 2020, and I want you to do the same. I know that sometimes it's hard to understand what is interesting about a time when you're in the middle of the time. Not that you don't 
also realize how interesting this year is or this election is, but your own personal thoughts on it. And this is what we're talking about. You're not writing a journalistic piece when you're answering these prompts. You are writing your own thoughts and feelings, and they might feel to you right now not that original. Maybe they feel like not exactly what you want your grandchildren to read about you. You're just unsure on that part of it. Write it down anyway. First of all, you can decide what to do with it later. Second of all, this is exactly when we need to document our normal selves. I talked about this in the one day HH challenge where we just did a day in the life earlier this month on social media where literally thousands and thousands of people participated in One Day HH this year. And I always get people saying that they did not think they had anything interesting to share about their day, but they did it anyway because that was the challenge. And someone else who was following along found something that they considered to be normal to be very interesting. We think it's normal. Everybody's normal is not the same. So writing down these thoughts and feelings answering, how is this election different for you than it was in 2016? I will bet you almost anything that you are going to feel differently yet again in 2024. And you will be glad you have these writings that you can return to and you can see your own growth, your own trajectory, or even appreciate the knowledge that you already had, which is to say that you currently have. I want you to write it down. Okay. Number six, what toll has 2020 taken? Now, this is a little bit similar to number two, how did it change your year? But by number two, I meant really more like facts on the ground, like how did it actually change your year, things that got canceled, how your day changed with working from home, schooling from home, et cetera, et cetera. Number six is a little bit more emotional. What toll has 2020 taken? I mean a little bit on your heart and mind. I'm going to talk about mental health. I'm going to talk about relationships because both of those things have taken a huge hit in my household. There has been a huge toll on so much isolation, on navigating relationships when you can't see one another, on being on different pages about COVID, about social media posts, about, about, about. 2020 has taken a toll on all of us. Even if you live in an area that has been less affected, even if you haven't, had to change up your days as much as others, there is still quite a toll. And I'm sure you can see this on a big level. So I want you to write it down. I want you to check in with your body. For me, I've been getting migraines this month that I cannot shake. I know those are stress-related. That's part of the toll. Body stuff, relationship stuff, mental health, work stuff, all of it. What toll has 2020 taken? And be honest about it. Be real about it without apologizing, without, you know, trying to justify or downplay. Like, just write it down. This is the toll. This is what I'm reckoning with right now, with myself, with my loved ones. This is the thing that I'm worried about is going to be longer lasting than a November election or once there's a vaccine for this disease. There's a toll of 2020 that we are all sitting smack in the middle of. It has far-reaching implications, and some of these things I'm only beginning to realize just in the last few months how how deep it might spread. This is something you know. Some of the repercussions of my kids being so isolated, I sort of downplayed that at the beginning because I felt like 
community safety outweighed anything else. And we still err to that side. But now I am definitely seeing the repercussions in my kids' development and in their energy. I think it's affecting parts of their personality, definitely their relationship to technology and screens. Those are all tolls that we are paying and that we are going to pay for a long time. So that's number six. What toll has 2020 taken? Number seven, let's kick it up a notch. Number seven, what beauty has been revealed? Now here's a confession. Back in the spring, when Los Angeles in particular was really, really locked down, and we saw no one outside of our family for months, three months. And I had people in my feed who were really writing a lot about the beauty of this time and the family time and the personal growth and all this. And I was so annoyed by that attitude in the beginning because I was like, I do not feel beauty in this. This does not feel beautiful to me. And everyone's on a different journey, of course, but just kind of what was happening in our family, in my life, in my work, in Jeff's work, we did not want to stop down. We also did not feel like a deep craving need to stop down in our life where suddenly all this beauty was revealed when we stopped and smelled the roses. That's just not where I was emotionally about it. And sometimes even still, I feel that way. Can you tell? However, I do think that there is some beauty to be revealed in anything. And a lot of family time has been good for our relationships. It has been nice to have weeks and weeks with nothing on the schedule where I feel like we're running around and, you know, not mindful or present. Like on a personal level, I really feel like I have sort of gotten more centered with myself. I've had to tap into a self-discipline that was usually dictated from outside sources, right? Like I had to finish a task by two because I had to, you know, pick up a kid for soccer. Well, now we don't have that same kind of structure. And so I've had to figure out my priorities, figure out, you know, my own strengths just in a different way than I would have before. I've also seen a lot of beauty online. I feel like there's been the most wonderful art that has come out of this, writings and murals and people taking a real stand that had opted out of that kind of work before. Like I, there's a lot of beauty to be found. There really is. It's just not always top of mind, at least for me right now. However, I think this is a really important question and I included it here on purpose because for me, this is one of the questions that I really need to dig deep on. For you, this might be a very easy question. You'll write pages on this. But for me, I have to really get in a position of gratitude and it is really beneficial for me to write on this subject. So that's number seven, what beauty has been revealed? Number eight, you will not be surprised. This is a question I ask. I feel like every time I give you uh, 10 prompts to answer, but number eight, what have you learned? What have you learned about yourself? What have you learned about others? What have you learned about the world? What books or podcasts or movies have taught you something? This is huge. This question is huge. This is almost like the crux of everything I talk about. That when we're sharing ourselves, when we're sharing stories, you know what we're also doing is talking about what we learned, like indirectly, subversively, or maybe like this prompt in this exercise, overtly, but acknowledging what you have learned, acknowledging that you did not know something before and now you know it, this is amazing. 
As Maya Angelou says, when you know better, you do better. And as we are so often learning, we are becoming better. We are doing better. It is an evolution of ourselves. And I love acknowledging in paper, in writing, what we have learned. There is no shame in saying, I didn't know this before. I didn't understand it. I'd never heard it. I didn't think it related to me or in a relational way. This is just something I didn't know about myself or others. And now I do for better or for worse. So number eight is what have you learned? And as always, this is such an important question because once you've learned something, you can't unlearn it. You can never go back. You can change your mind. You can learn more about a thing, but what have you learned? This is life to me. This is always on my list of questions. This is always important. All right. And number nine, what do you care about most right now? So there is no right answer here. People are going to say their family. People are going to say the election. People are going to say their country, their home, their health. There is no right answer here, but don't be flippant about the question. Like sometimes I see when I do these challenges online and I see the way people answer, they'll take a question like this and they'll just take like the path of least resistance. So what do you care about most right now? Oh, my family, my kids. Okay. Well, of course you do. I'm not saying that doesn't matter, but like, what about your family? What about your kids? Like get specific. What do you care about? You are being lazy if you just answer like, I just love them so much or whatever. (laughs) That is not what this is. What do you care most about right now? You might even break this down into categories. Like what part of the election do you care most about? What part of the pandemic do you care most about? You know, what part of your own growth and life and relationships do you care most about? It might be easier to break this one down into categories, but don't keep this on the surface level. Of course, we all care about our families. Of course, we all care about our health. Be real with yourself and with your journal and with your ancestors. What do you care about most right now? It matters. Maybe it's work. Maybe it's your mental health. Maybe it's about setting up your home in a tone for the holidays that will mitigate the other hard things that are happening in 2020. I talked about this a few weeks ago back on the Ask Me in Three Months episode, but I actually really deeply care about getting some things in my house in order. I'm not ashamed to list that here in that section. I really care about that. I care about it for practical reasons. I care about it for emotional reasons because I feel like putting something in order (laughs) makes me feel like the whole world isn't chaos. And so therefore it just matters to me. There are lots of things that you can care about, but I really want you to list just one to three things that are not generic, that are is not a lazy answer of what do you care about most right now? And this is one, because we are at the end of October, this is one that we might revisit when we get to the end of the year, when we get to the last week of the year and we're looking at 2020 as a whole, we might look back at our answers from ask me in three months and our answers from what do you care about most right now and see if you held those things with care in these final months of this very difficult year. So don't lose steam on this one. Take it to heart, really write it down. And then lastly, number 10, sort of related, but I really want you to identify this. Number 10 is 
what do you want to feel like in November and December? Now, I've had a real topsy-turvy September, October. We've had some personal things going on that have been very stressful. It is coming out in my health and in my body. I already mentioned my migraines. I've had a lot of very strange pain. I'm having trouble sleeping, which is really, really rare for me. Even when I'm extremely anxious, I sleep well. So I have been, honestly, just trying most days not to spin out. I've been just trying to like hold it together with a thread. And I understand why. I mean, I'm not going to get into like all the the things of why, but the basics is I hit a wall in September. I just sort of hit a wall of keeping a positive attitude, keeping the work pace up that I was doing, managing remote learning in my home. Our house looks like a bomb went off. It is so chaotic. Like all of these things sort of came to a head maybe five or six weeks ago. And I just have been sort of struggling to get my head above water. I know I'm not the only one who feels this way. I felt like about the time I was hitting a wall, I also saw online people were also sharing they were also hitting their own walls, if you will. So I've been sort of fighting some equilibrium on that front. And even just within the last week or so, I've like hit a wall on hitting the wall, if you will. Like I was like, I do not want to feel this way the rest of the year. And now, of course, a lot of these factors are external, right? The world is stressed. The country is stressed. I cannot control all of those things. What I can control is my own priorities, taking charge of my own health as much as possible, my own mindset, getting back to some real basics of sleep and hydration and meditation and some of those things that have been hit or miss lately. And so when I first started to feel badly in September, it was you know, kind of around some events where it was like, sure, of course you feel bad. Of course you feel stressed. Like these things are happening. And so I just didn't stress on the stress. I was like, this will pass. I just need a week or two. I need to sort of try to control my anxiety. I need to do all the things I know I need to do. Go to therapy, journal, put down my phone. You know, we all know the things. But as week has turned into week has turned into weeks, like I just have been like, I, I don't want to enter the holiday season like this. I don't want to end the year like this. I can't control everything that's happening on the outside, but I do not want to feel this way in November and December after feeling this way in September and October. And so I'm extending that question to you. Number 10 is what do you want to feel like in November, December? I know it's not easy. I know that you can't just like pull in the reins and tighten it up and you know, wake up feeling like a million bucks tomorrow. I'm not suggesting that definitely hasn't happened for me, but I am saying, pay attention. What do you want the tone in your home to be over the next couple of months? How do you want your body to feel? What are little choices you can make to pivot towards those things? Most of us are at a certain age, if you will, (laughs) that just throwing our hands up is just not an option. I feel like when I was younger, I could just be like, well, this season is like just shot. I just am going (laughs) to ride the wave and just hope to get to the other side. Well, I just can't really afford to do that anymore. I don't want to lose months at a time. I don't want to throw my hands up and just give up with like, well, I guess I'm just going to have migraines now. I want to be really mindful of myself and my health, my mental health. We cannot juggle all of the plates. Please do not hear any shame in what I'm saying. I understand how hard it is in any year, let alone in this year, to keep up with friendships, eat healthy, remote school our children, 
clean the house, remember appointments. Like it's, it is very overwhelming and plates are going to get dropped. And I'm not like trying to tell anybody to just pull it together. What I am trying to say is just be mindful of what is really fraying of what matters. If you've had too many days like me that you realize you don't want to feel like this anymore, well, then what needs to change? The question for number 10 is, what do you want to feel like in November and December? And that is how I want you to end this exercise. That one, of course, is a little more inward facing than the first nine prompts, which as we discussed are outward facing or possibly written for an audience. Number 10 is written just for you. What do you want to feel like? And how can you move towards that? So these are the 10 things I want you to write down right now. I'll put the prompts in the show notes. I will end up putting them on social media. Also make sure you're following the show at 10 things to tell you. And if you decide to share this episode or answer any of these prompts on social, please make sure that you do tag us so that we can see it at 10 things to tell you on Facebook and on Instagram. I hope this exercise is helpful to you. I hope that it helps you go into this time of year, a crazy election season, but we're kicking off the holidays, all of these things that are happening over the next weeks. I hope that this gives you some grounding and most importantly, gives you some documentation of the most historic year of at least my lifetime. Remember, if you love the show, please do give it a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really does matter. And please know that I really do appreciate you listening. I know we all have limited hours in the day. The fact that you've chosen to spend one with me means a lot. I'm Laura Tremaine, and you've just listened to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.